Welcome in, people, and welcome back. My name is Jeremy Toms, host of the Big Law Capitals podcast. Good to have you in. Thanks for stopping by. Great to see you. I am excited for today's episode. I have some, I've had something on my mind for the last few weeks that I just can't get past. I had a friend reach out to me and they were asking me about, you know, what options they have with real estate investing and do they have to go buy a property? And I was like, wait, I'm realizing not enough people know about private lending. I take it as my duty to teach you, my friends, about one of the greatest investment strategies in real estate that I've ever come across. I deal with private lenders consistently. I'm talking about anywhere from like institutional private money to regular individuals like you listening to this podcast who had an extra few dollars hanging around and wanted to put it to work. There is an entire world out there that I want to introduce you to in case you don't know. And it's a way for you to add thousands of dollars every month in passive income. It is as passive as you can get in the real estate game. So excited for this episode. So excited to introduce you to this concept. Take this ride with me. Let's go on a journey. Let's get into it. My friends, welcome in. So excited for this episode. Uh, Just me today. Uh, We'll have a guest next time, but for now, it's just me. And I I had to get on this topic because I feel like private lending is one of the coolest strategies out there when it comes to real estate investing, but yet not enough people know about it, or at least not enough people think that it's a strategy that they can employ. Um, And so I I wanted to dive into that. But before I do that, fun fact, this is actually the second time that I'm recording this episode. I've never had this happen to me. So I did this entire episode already and it was fantastic and I was very happy with it. And then I got an email earlier today that apparently the entire episode that I recorded didn't have the proper setup for my mic. So the audio sounded terrible and I was devastated. People, when I tell you I was devastated, I, if you've ever seen a person, a living person wilt in public, just know that was me. <laughs> I was out on the street, got that email, and fell apart. Unbelievable. Inexcusable is what that is. Um, but we soldier on. And you know what? I'm actually really happy I can do it twice because I like talking about this subject that much. It's a really good week so far. Uh, my Kentucky Wildcats beat Florida over the weekend at Florida. That's unbelievable. That, that's a fantastic win. That's a fantastic win. Um, my Tennessee Volunteers beat Pitt, University of Pittsburgh. They came up here. Tennessee beat them right where I live, in my backyard. Huge. I was on I was cloud nine. Then recorded an absolute, just terrible episode. Just audio was falling apart. So back at it, back in the house. I'm so glad to be on here. Um, so I want to talk about private lending because I feel like if people knew what private lending could do for their portfolio, it would be an absolute no-brainer. I deal with private lenders consistently. Like I said in the intro, I deal with private lenders consistently um, for my personal portfolio and also for my, uh, my company, New Homes Capital Management, consistently. And one of the best parts about it is, and the the reason when people reach out to me, they ask me, how do I get involved? How do I get into real estate? One of the best parts about it is you can do it without actually lifting a hammer or ever going to a property, right? It is 
it's probably as close as you can get to, to almost, you know, investing in the stock market without having to actually put your money in the stock market and not having any control over it. Because private lending, what's cool about it is generally that's a personal close relationship you have with somebody or at least a real estate operator who you can trust and who you can see or at least talk to regularly, right? And you can't call the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and say like, hey, what's going on with my stock price? Whereas with private lending, you can. And I'll, I'll dive into you know the minutia of how I think people should really get involved with it. Um, there's plenty of methods, but I, I, the method that the people use when they invest with us at New Homes, and then also just you know general colleagues and friends of mine who who have invested with me on my personal side, I'll dive into all of it. But I think that's probably the route I would point you in is you know go with who you know, right? But get this is why I have relationships. This is why I preach relationship, relationship, relationship. It's important to meet these people, these real estate operators. These people who are out there doing it every day, who are finding the good deals, who are turning around these properties, who are making really good money at it, and who know how to do it right, it's it's important to find that person. I'll get into the, you know, the reason for that later into the episode, but keep that in mind. So before I go any further, let's let's define private lender, right? Private lending. Uh, a private lender, in my my definition, just for me, is a person who lends money to qualified real estate operators, that's important, qualified real estate operators for an above average annual rate of return. Loans, this is, you now are becoming the bank, right? Like you get to employ the strategies of a bank. You're the banker. And what's cool about it is you make the rules for the most part, right? I mean, there's some rules you can't obviously make, but for the most part, you make the rules. It's a loan you're providing to somebody else to assist them in finishing a product or a project or um, or in some cases they're lending that money out to somebody else. But in any case, you are you're the bank. And so you're not, I mean, think about your bank. If you're building a house and the bank loans you money, is the bank out of the property helping you build it? Right? Are they on site? No, it is completely passive from their perspective, other than just receiving your payments every month. And so that's what's cool about private lending. You become the bank. You get to, to employ the strategies that the bank gets to employ. Not obviously not at the size and scale of a bank, but it can be pretty sizable for your personal portfolio. I want to tell you a story. So, uh, like I said, I've dealt with many, many a private lender throughout my real estate investing career. Um, I went back just for you. I went back and I looked at uh, the last, not the last two years, I looked at the period between beginning of 2020 and the end of 2021. So two calendar years. I was just curious. I was like, all right, for my personal and new home portfolio, and this is not including other banks, and this is not including, you know, um, this is not including like multifamily stuff. Like this is just for like flip projects and little burr strategies that I've employed over the last, you know, over two calendar years. So I went back and I looked at the math. During that time, I borrowed over $2 million, uh, $2,154,700 from private lenders. These are, you know, high income, high net worth individuals who are looking to find a secure way to make an above average return without throwing the money into the market and not having any control over it. They knew what I did and they said, hey, we want to put money with you and you make this return, right? So 
it, I, did, I didn't go to them and say like, hey, I'm going to bring you 9%, 10%. I just, I said, this is what I do. If you're interested, here's how much room we have in the deal for, for private debt. And so they became the bank. During that two years, they all, they received all their money back, but they made over $130,000 in interest, $130,526.30 to be exact. So during that entire period, they didn't have to lift a finger other than to, you know, scroll their mouse around and open their bank account and just see ACH payments popping in. And what's really cool, both from the borrower perspective, right? You know, say from my perspective, and then also from the lender perspective, is that when I when I actually send my payments in, it can be monthly, it can be quarterly, it can be whatever you want it to be. And you can structure it in a way that's actually tax advantaged. A couple of ways. And I, I want to get into those, but one I'll quickly mention is that you can actually, so I, I had a friend who did this. So um, he only wanted to be paid his interest at the completion of the project. And the reason for that was because he had already made enough, in some, in some cases, too much money for the, the calendar year that we were in. And so he was like, no, 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 just pay me when the project's done, my original principal balance and the interest accrued. So that's what happened. And on that deal, he made about $41,000 by himself on that deal. So it was a home run deal for him. So I wanted to tap into it. But before I got into any of that, I wanted to tell you a story. So I think I was going to tell you this a little bit ago and I got distracted and went off on a tangent. I tend to do that. Um, but the story I want to tell you is about uh, a friend of mine who reached out to me and he was like, hey, I have this house that I bought years ago. I'm sitting on a lot of equity, right? I mean, it's appreciated substantially, you know, over the last few years as have many properties, most, if not all, appreciated somewhat, but, you know, rather substantially. And so he had some substantial equity in his house. Enough so that he was like, what should I do? The best question you can ask me, because my mind is consistently turning and finding new opportunities and new ways to maximize potential. And so when I look at a house that has equity just sitting, just randomly sitting there, I, I just I tremble because I'm like, that is opportunity that is being wasted. And so I said, man, you, sir, you should go and look at taking out a HELOC. This is before rates went up. But I was like, you should go look at taking out a HELOC. At that time, he was able to get a HELOC on his house for three and a half percent. So... I didn't tell him to do it, but he's like, you know what? I want to do it. I want to I I tap my liquidity and make it grow. Make my money work for me, right? A lot of people buy houses and they just think like, this is my forever home. It's beautiful. And it's like, yeah, it's an asset to a degree. But, and it is an asset, don't get me wrong. But like I say all the time, you can use that to grow your wealth substantially. You have to start thinking that way. And so he tapped that liquidity. He took out a $100 I'm sorry, $100. Yeah, he wanted to go to McDonald's and get, get a couple of meals for the kids. No, $100,000, $100,000 uh, home equity line of credit. This is money that he was otherwise not using and that was doing nothing for him, just sitting in his house. And at three and a half percent, we had happened to have a deal at that time where he was going to receive 9% annual interest on the deal and also receive a security instrument. So a deed of trust or a mortgage. And I'll, I'll dive into the minutiae of it, but he was going to receive a uh, security instrument for that actual investment, right? So for that loan, 
which I call an investment, but it's really a loan. It's a private loan from, from one to another. You put in $100,000, you received $2,000 back up front. So it was actually, so you got a 2% origination fee. So he actually received a couple thousand dollars back on his investment immediately. And then on top of that, he received 9% annual interest on that money that was literally not doing a thing. So here's what's cool about it. He was paying monthly payments on that money, right? Now it's an outstanding HELOC, right? So $100,000 at 3.5%. He was able to pay those debt service payments with the actual income coming from his loan every month. He's receiving monthly payments. Think about that for a minute. What he is getting, my friend, is free money. That is the arbitrage game. It is one of the funnest games you can play. And I can't wait for you all to start playing it because I, I do it consistently. And it, it's a fantastic return. And the best part is it's not, in his case, not even your money. And so he borrowed money and at a certain percentage rate, then received an a return on an investment that paid him out monthly that he then paid on that money he borrowed. So he paid his debt service payment. And then on top of that, he received cash flow every month. So he was clocking in around six to $700 a month to do nothing. That's passive income. That's the power of it. That's how you have to start thinking. At the end of his, at, well, not even, we actually paid him off early, but uh, at the end of his you know, investment period, we cashed him out. So full, full, amount, full principal balance back to him. And he made interest during, throughout that process. He paid it right back to his HELOC and then repeat, rinse and repeat. Still an investor today. Just, that's how you win. That, that story is as easy as it comes. And I know you're thinking like, oh, well, you know, I, I own a house, but I, how do I tap the HELOC? HELOC you know, there's, there's so many steps. And I'm like, no, 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 that, that is the easiest thing you can do. And it's the, one of the smartest things you can do. That's how the wealthy get wealthier. That's how the rich get rich and then get richer, right? You have to start thinking in these ways. And so, when I, when I talk about private lenders, the reason it's such a cool strategy is obviously the passive nature of it, but there's also another component. It's the security of it. So with a private loan, when you are investing with somebody else and you have a private loan with them for real estate, you can get what's called collateral. So your house, if you have a loan on it, you, the bank has a deed of trust or a mortgage. So a security instrument. In some states, it's called a deed of secure debt. I don't want to get too much into lawyer weeds. I do that every day. But what I'm saying is there's a security instrument. And so in your case, if you are the bank, you have collateral security. You have the property. So if things go sideways, you're protected by that security instrument. You act on that, you take the property. And so rarely do you ever get that level of security in any investment. And definitely you don't get that and get that above average return that comes with it. That's what's fantastic about it. On top of that, Monthly income, monthly passive income. And again, you're not having to do any work for it. It, man, this strategy, I get so, I get so excited about it. Um, it, it's, it just makes too much sense not to employ into your portfolio. I'm not telling anybody out there who's like, oh, I'm sitting on 25K and it's all I have in my savings account. I want to throw this and get it, get it working. I'm not, not saying that. What I'm saying is if you have a portfolio and you want to add active, I'm sorry, passive income to it, this is a fantastic strategy to employ. And it has the security that goes with it. The, another, another key point, you can price your risk. What do I mean by that? 
pricing your risk. That means that if you find a project, you have a real estate operator, they, they put a project in front of you, they're like, hey, we're looking to raise X amount of money for this, for this, this house, this flip, this, you know, uh, this rental property that we're going to, you know, f- turn around, lease up and then refinance out. And that'll be your return. You know, that'll pay you back off. If they put that in front of you and you look at it and you're like, okay, cool. You've done these. You do a good job at them. But this one's a little heavier of a deal. This is, this has a little bit, a little bit more risk to it. Say it's a longer deal. It's a little bit more risk. I need, a, I need a higher return for that. I'll give you the loan for 11% annual, 10% annual, right? Wild. That, so if you think about the, the, the stock market, historically, historically, 7 to 8% annual year over year return, right? Historically. And people will be like, I made 30, I made 31% back in 2019. Relax. I'm not talking about the one-off, you know, anomalous years. I'm talking about the years like we're having right now, right? If you average it out, historically seven to 8% annual over year over year. And so here's what's fantastic about it. If you're able to beat that, and have security, right? You don't have security in the stock market. It's just like, it does what it does. And have security with it. No brainer. Absolute no brainer. And you can price your risk. If you feel like it's a riskier bet and you want to make sure you're pricing in the fact that it's a riskier bet, you can bump the interest rate. You can bump the origination fee. Origination fee is just the actual fee you receive up front from the borrower. Just like if you had your own loan from the borrower, it's like an automatic return you get. Right? It's just fees you can receive on, on the loan you're providing. Um, it, it's, just, it's a win. It's a winning strategy. It's, it's, there's so many people who I, I tell this to and they're like, what? Like, that sounds too good to be true. And I'm like, no, man, it just sounds like something you haven't heard before. There's a difference. There's an absolute difference. And I would invite anybody who's listening to this, if you have questions, like I always say, reach out to me, LinkedIn, reach out to me on Instagram at the Big Law Capitalist, um, or just dive in and start reading about it. I think you'll find it's not as mysterious as some people might think it is. It's just something that doesn't come across your plate often or ever. And so I'm glad to be the one who's actually showing you this and telling you about the strategy. Um, here's another cool part. Short term. If you're private lending, I promise you, you're doing it on a short term period period, right? So like you are lending on X date and a year from then your money is coming back to you, right? That's how, when people, when people have done private lending with me on any number of our, of uh, my projects or our, our projects for new homes, it's short term. You know, they're jumping in one year and they're out the next. They're jumping in one year and they're out, you know, two years from then. They're jumping in one year. I'm sorry. They're jumping in on one day and they're out six months. Like you can, you can structure it however you want. The world is yours. <laughs> you can structure these things however you please. If you want to be in and out in six months, you can say, I need to be in and out in six months. It's then up to the real estate operator to, to understand and figure out, okay, how do I get you out? Do I do a refi? Do I, you know, just a bridge loan? Like same thing. Like if you want to be in for a year, after a year, if you want out and your maturity date's coming up, the real estate operator can, has, Several options. Sell it, refinance it, get you out of there, modify your loan, bump your interest rate. You can, you can start being really savvy with this business model, with, with this strategy. So 
when you're thinking about this, a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't have $100,000 sitting in my account. I don't have, you know, $200,000. I mean, I do know people who have like seven figures sitting in an account. And I'm like, hey, you got to cut that out. You got to get that to work immediately. And I've told them that to their face, like you cut that out. (laughs) You got to, you're burning that at this point. Inflation is tearing that money apart. Put that to work. But if a lot of people don't have just cash sitting on hand, right? That otherwise they could put to work. You know, they might have it in a brokerage account. They might have it, you know, in any number of things. That's what's cool. And this is the strategy I would tell people to employ. If you have a quality portfolio, if you have quality assets and you just have things you can leverage, you know me, I'm all for the leverage game. You have several options to leverage money, right? If you have an asset, a house, for example, and then leverage that with a HELOC, or if you have a working capital line of credit, or if you just have a line of credit, right? A personal line of credit that you can use for investment purposes. If you have a brokerage account and you can leverage that, the asset you have within that, that brokerage account to then have take a loan out on that at a certain percentage rate and then invest that, that's how you win. Your brokerage account, not only is, is it growing in the market, but then you're also using a loan from that, using those assets. None of this is coming from your own cash. Using those assets, taking a loan out on it, and then investing that at a higher interest rate. Unbelievable. People, unbelievable. That's how you win the game. That's how you, you look back. You're like, oh yeah, that's how I added three grand a month to my, uh, to my passive income, which don't get me wrong, that's a thing. I pay several people three grand a month on current deals, current loans that they have with me. It's all about the deal that they're investing in on. If their deal has the space for it, easy, easy. Um, another way, another way that I wanted to mention this because it's not even on people's radar. And I think I, I, at some point I'm going to have somebody on the show who's going to talk about this, but the self-directed IRA, I will give you the 50,000 foot view of it. And I want to have an expert on the show who can dive into the, the minutia and the rigmarole um, that goes into the self-directed IRA. But essentially, you have a 401k, you have an IRA at different places, right? You might have, might have worked at several employers and then, you know, have several 401ks. It, there's a million different variations of how people have handled their retirement funds. There's a such thing called as a uh, self-directed IRA custodian. So these are companies that are set up for you to be able to pull your retirement funds, not your, not your cash, but your retirement funds into a custodian's account. And then you can use that self-directed IRA to invest in real estate. And the, I think the best strategy for a self-directed IRA, because there's a lot of rules when you use a self-directed IRA as far as like what you can own. I think the best strategy for that is, inve- is private lending. Several people who invest with us use a self-directed IRA to do so. It's fantastic. That's money that you otherwise had in a, in a 401k account. You've seen what happens to those. You have zero control over what happens to those as far as what the market does or doesn't do. What if you could choose the deals you get involved with? And on top of that, those deals come with security, right? Come with collateral. You can use that money to your advantage in things that you can know and touch, tangible assets without actually having to do any work. And so you can pull up your self-directed IRA account, your account statement, and just see monthly income, monthly income coming in because you have figured out that's the game. The game is make your money work harder. And in this case, smarter. 
There's so many strategies out there. There's so many strategies that you can dive into. You just have to start thinking about them. That's why private lending is such a cool concept. And that's why I wanted to bring it to your attention. You have to start thinking about different strategies that you can employ. It's not all about buying a rental, right? Like people think, oh, I got to buy a, you know, a real estate asset, right? I got to buy a house. I got to buy an apartment building. You don't. You don't. There are strategies to that. And there, there are tax benefits to that. And I would tell you like diversified portfolios. That's the name of the game. You want to diversify your portfolio. But this should absolutely be a part of your portfolio. And this isn't just for people who are cash flush. This is for people who have, you know, this, there are several options for people, whether they have a ton of money or they have a good amount of money or just, you know, a little bit of money, but they have decent assets. This is something you can employ at any, any stage. You just got to be creative and you got to be savvy. And that's what you have the Big Law Capitalist podcast for. So um, one thing I want to note, you know, with like any, like any investment, Couple, couple things you want to look out for. With this, it's important to have the proper legal documentation. Now, I am an attorney, but I'm not going to give you legal advice on this podcast. That's how you get in trouble. No, so what I'll say is, if you are interested in this strategy, go and talk to an attorney. Go talk to your attorney and tell them what you want to do and what you need. More than likely, they're going to tell you you need several documents. Two are critical. One, a security instrument, that deed of trust or that mortgage. That, that's critical. You got to have that. You're, you're going to want to have your own form for that. Two, a promissory note. And so that promissory note is essentially saying like you gave money to somebody, they're giving you a promissory note back saying they're going to pay you back at a certain interest amount. I'm sorry, at, at a certain interest rate, you know, fees included. And you're, they're going to pay you that money back at a certain date determinable, right? So like a year from now, two years from now, that that is what you have as far as like, I can enforce this. So that's one, right? That's one. You're going to want to talk to an attorney, make sure you have the proper legal documentation. Not hard to do, not expensive, but you want to do it. Two, when I said qualified real estate operator, I meant it. This is not a strategy that I would employ with somebody who you don't really know who doesn't really know real estate, right? So track records matter. What somebody has done previously matters. You want to find the right borrower. And the way you do that, when I say borrower, I mean that the person you're giving the loan to is going out and doing the work. You want to find somebody who knows how to do it and knows how to do it well. And they're providing you with a business plan and a strategy that you feel confident in. That's important. And so going back to what I said earlier, this is why relationships matter. Because these opportunities I talk about them as if they're everywhere because for me, they are like, I, they are everywhere. I can, I can find properties where I want them and I can, I can take advantage of business plans and strategies at will. But if you don't do this, then you need to know somebody who does. So you got to start getting involved in the real estate game. Even if it's just from a, Hey, let's have a conversation perspective. You have to start that process because it is really hard to find a qualified operator, real estate operator, if you don't know anybody who does real estate, air quotes for the people who are listening, um, you want to make sure whoever you're working with is good at what they do. They've been doing it for a while and they're successful, right? This isn't about taking risk. I'm not seeing this as like a, a, a risky endeavor. Private lending, honestly, is like one of the more secure investments you can make. You're literally getting the collateral. But 
you have to be smart about who you're investing with. So that, that's an important part. And if you ever have questions about that, if you ever feel like there's a red flag in any in any sort of endeavor you're diving into, reach out to me. Just let, let's chat about it, right? Like I'm not hard to find. And so th- this episode, I felt like it was really important because I wanted to make sure that people who listen to this show, my people, my audience, right? You, you all. I love you too much for you not to know that this strategy is one that you can employ right now. It just takes thinking about it and it takes taking action. Like anything else, you have the options here. You are in control of what happened now and going forward. If you want financial freedom, if you want to add substantial passive income, you have to start thinking about these sorts of options. You have to start thinking about how do I make my money work even if I'm not buying a property, even if I'm just providing my money to someone else. We've talked about real estate syndications before. Think about private lending. It is an extraordinary way to add to your monthly income. It is an extraordinary way to add to your wealth long-term. Thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with me. This is the second time, like I said, that I've done this episode, but I'm more than happy to do it. And I'm more than happy to hang out with you. I hope you're enjoying it. As always, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Reach out to me on Instagram at Big Law Capitalist. Until next time, everybody. Love you guys. Peace. All right, we did it. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. I really, really do appreciate it. Do me a big favor. If you want to be a part of the Big Law Capitalist community to stay up to date with all of our latest episodes, you got to hit that subscribe button. Super important. But I can't thank you enough for joining me this week. I'll see you next time. Peace.